This is the Joyful Mama Show. We want to help you take actionable steps toward dreams that have more impact, family life that has more peace, and motherhood that has more joy. We think that it's time for moms to rise up in entrepreneurship and change the world. But let's face it, it's hard to sort through all of the ways we get stuck in our own heads and all of the things we feel like we're supposed to be doing. How can we change the world when we're overwhelmed with trying not to feel overwhelmed about homeschooling or power struggles with our kids or taking care of our own hearts, our bodies, and our minds? We want to give you the tools to find rest, joy, and healing while also taking your business and your dreams to the next level. You know you were made for more than hustle. You can feel that you were made for more than the lies that hold you back. And we believe that you were made for amazing things that impact the kingdom of God and the people that God has given you to impact for Him. You were made to be a joyful mama, to have a heart that is thriving, not striving. And we want to help you step into the fullness of all you were created to become. We are hosting a super fun giveaway from the company GracefulByDesign.com on our favorite place to shop, Amazon. A wonderful homeschool mom has started a company that makes so many tools and resources for busy homeschool moms and entrepreneurs. And three of our listeners are going to receive the Homeschool Mom Ultimate Bundle of five different products to help you be organized and efficient. You're going to get the complete homeschool planner, which is a monthly, weekly, daily schedule that helps you track up to six students, a cursive workbook, either botany, 50 states, or solar system, which are totally great for summer, weekly meal planner and grocery list. Who doesn't need to take some of the mental burden off of you and your husband by creating a habit of meal planning? You're also going to get a monthly budget planner to help you create a financial vision, goals, and habits. And last but not least, a family calendar. All you have to do to enter is click the link in the caption of this podcast, and it will give you several ways to enter to win. No purchase is necessary. Okay, so pause this episode, click the link, and go to enter right now to win the Homeschool Mom Ultimate Bundle. This giveaway closes in June. Authoritarian parenting accomplishes a shutdown compliant child who is ripe to be abused by someone else in the future. Like mm-hmm. you basically are creating trauma responses in your children and thinking that you've created obedience. What you've created is a freeze response and a flight response. They will learn to freeze and shut down in conflict and to submit all of their instincts and intuition and God-given emotions to what someone else wants for them, which is the opposite of what you want for your healthy, flourishing child who will become an adult. So actually them feeling free and safe to express big emotions is a great sign that you're doing a really good job as a parent. The problem is that it looks messier. It looks so (laughs) messy. Yeah, it does. So you have to deal with all of your insecurities when other people are watching you deal with messy situations, you know, that aren't cut and dry and your child isn't just obeying on a dime. People don't look at you and are like, wow, good job parenting while your kids are obeying because obeying obedience is the Christian standard that we most applaud rather than the messy process of discipleship. Right. But think about Jesus's parable of the father and the two sons working the vineyard. The father says to both of his sons, hey, would you come work in the vineyard? And one son's like, no, I'm not going to do that and goes away. And the other son says, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But the son who said he would do it didn't actually do it. And the son who said no later came and did the work. 
Jesus asks, which son actually did the father's will? Well, it was the one that was honest at the outset and was like, no, I don't want to. And he had time and he had space and he processed it and he eventually chose to do what was needed. So that immediate compliance of saying yes looks good, but actually the model Jesus gives us is space and validation. There's space to take time to be sure that we truly want to obey and are doing it of our free will. That's the model of discipleship Jesus gives. He let the rich young ruler walk away, but he invited others to come who then said yes when they had truly counted the cost, knew what it was going to be for them to to follow Jesus, and then decided to do it with their whole hearts. And I think that's what we want as parents. We want our kids to come to do the right things out of their free will instead of manipulating them into doing what we want. It's so good. One thing that I have come up against a lot when I'm talking with, you know, other moms, friends who are trying to pioneer, I feel like us in our generation, we're like trying to undo a lot of the unhealthy things that you described with more authoritarian parenting. So we're trying to parent to pioneer this freedom-based parenting. And sometimes our husbands are not on the same page because to them, this freedom looks, you know, Sarah said, messy. It can look like disrespect or dishonor. So what advice would you have for a mama who might be listening in? Who's like, I want to do this and I want to model and help my kids. But my husband feels like this is a total free for all and he's not on board. And he feels like their freedom is coming at a cost of the respect that he should have as a parent. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've you know, heard this question before. So yeah, what tips or advice do you have for that mom? That There's a really big, long answer to that. I'll try to make it <laughs> concise. There, there are potentially a lot of factors at play there. But yes, I've seen that dynamic over and over again. As women invest in learning about child development, child psychology, best parenting practices, emotional health, in our culture, women tend to be the ones who do that work more than men. And so women are coming up with the latest research, like evidence-based best ways to parent. And often their husbands are, especially if they were raised Christian, wanting to still parent the way that Christian parents were parenting in the 80s and 90s, which was um, unhealthy, not evidence-based. And there is this expectation for men, especially in Christian circles, to demand respect from everyone around them, including their wife and children. And so letting your kids express their emotions and their open thoughts feels like disrespect to men who've been taught that they're entitled to be treated a certain way. Yes. But actually it's really healthy. It's healthy for kids to be able to be open with their parents. So there's a lot of work for men to do to address their own entitlement to power and control and their entitlement to respect that they think looks a certain way. and. There's a lot of room for men to grow in listening to and honoring and respecting their wives because most of the time in anecdotal experience uh, that I've seen, women are actually more educated on this than men are when it comes to parenting. And that's not across the board, but just kind of the norms that I've seen Mm -hmm. because women are putting the work into getting emotionally healthy themselves and, and learning how to parent in healthier ways. 
that is unnecessarily gendered work division. It is not women's work to to educate yourself on child development. It is not women's work to do the heavy lifting of parenting. Dads and moms should equally be rising to the challenge of parenting their children well. So it is immature of men to refuse to engage in that work. They are being poor fathers by not reading about child development and evidence-based best parenting practices. And they are being disrespectful to their wives by defaulting to outdated parenting practices that, that we know better than to do, especially when their wives have done the work to, to learn. Um, that is, it's disrespectful to disregard a woman's work and investment in her own education and development to say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to learn and I'm not interested in learning from you. That is the height of disrespect. So in some cases, this is just because maybe the husbands are busy with their jobs, but come on, women are busier at home than men are who are working day jobs, right? If these dads aren't parenting when they get home, the women are doing more work. And, and I like that, even that like falls into gender stereotypes. I know a lot of women who are also working and yet still, even if both partners are working, women tend to do more of the domestic labor and, and parenting work. So it could just be that he sees himself as too busy or too preoccupied or is respecting his own free time or fun time instead of investing in reading these books like moms sometimes are. So it could just be, it could be selfishness. It could be entitlement. It could be laziness. It could be um, overwhelm, tiredness, exhaustion, whatever, lots of things. But it also could be abuse. Like if a man believes he is entitled to run his family the way he wants and take power and control over his wife and children, that is very likely an abusive relationship. And so a lot of time, and I do a lot of pastoral care with, with women who are coming out of abusive or in abusive relationships. So if you are a mom listening to this, and, and I want to make it clear that gender roles can be reversed, like men can be the victims and, and women can be the abusers. Statistically, it is much more likely that, that it will be men as the abusers. Um, if you feel like your husband is controlling how you parent, refusing to listen to evidence-based practices, refusing to respect you as an expert on this because you've educated yourself, do some reading on abusive relationships, psychologically abusive, verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, spiritually abusive relationships, and see if that actually fits the category you're in. Like, Don't take it lightly if your husband is fighting your efforts to try to be a better parent. That's super unhealthy and potentially an abusive dynamic. There are lots of great books to read like Fair Play um, by Eve Rodsky um, about like dividing up household labor equitably. Great book. Um, or if you think it might be abusive, Leslie Vernick has wonderful resources. Natalie Hoffman, Sarah McDougall, Sheila Gregoire, all authors who have done a lot of, of research and can help you make sense of those family dynamics. So don't take it lightly or blow it off if your spouse is fighting your gentle parenting efforts. At the very least, a healthy and respectful spouse will listen to you and take you seriously, even if you end up having honest disagreement about the best way to approach it. I realize that's such a big answer, but there are so many complicated dynamics at play when that's going on. Do you think it's also fair to say that like if you are pursuing an equal marriage where you're both submitting to each other and to the Lord, that if you are the expert in parenting, 
that the your spouse would defer to you mm-hmm. until they have been able to really invest the time. At least that's what I've seen in my marriage. My husband did not have the time when we first had children to do all the parenting um, investigation that I was doing and all the research I was doing. And, and so he just deferred to me as the one that was the expert in the family yeah. on this. And I kind of relayed my expertise to him. Like he yeah. didn't have time to read all the books, but he was willing to listen to me. Absolutely. And so he submitted to my leadership in our relationship in this area as someone that wanted to respect what God had done in me and was teaching me. Do you think that's Absolutely. fair? A hundred percent. I think when you're not locked into rigid gender roles of which spouse needs to do what, you have the freedom to defer to the person with more passion, interest, or expertise or skill in any aspect. You know, if one spouse is particularly skilled and loves cooking, let them lead in researching healthy nutrition and and meal planning for the family. And if one spouse has put a lot of work into researching best child-rearing practices, the other spouse should either engage at their level and be able to have a peer-to-peer debate of like, well, I read this researcher and it says this. Okay, well, you read this researcher and it says this. Like, let's read some more peer-reviewed research and see what's the better option. Like, if they're engaging at that level and having honest debate because they're both coming from an equally educated place, awesome. But if not, I think that deferring to the one who has more expertise and trusting them to relay the most key points is a perfectly fine way to handle it and is is really equitable and healthy. Mm. Okay. Before we end, what what do you want our last question to be? Go out with a bang, Liz. <laughs> you have okay. any, any there's, yeah, I have I have one picked out. I'm like, man, if we have if we have time for one more. What would you say, Becky, is the potential consequence or probably consequences of not embracing our emotions and denying them or spiritualizing them away? Well, it's to be emotionally unhealthy and to be emotionally immature, which limits our relationships, our relationship with ourself, our relationship with God, our relationship with other human beings. Mm -hmm. To be connected with other humans means to be able to talk about our emotions because emotions are not just in our states, but they are relational acts between people. Emotions are vital to our relationships. They're they're part of how people relate. And so if you are not willing to grow emotionally, you will limit your ability to have connection and intimacy in your relationships. Mm. So good. And one final question. We have just a few minutes left. What would be, if you were telling someone that had not started doing any of the work mm. themselves of becoming emotionally healthy, of being intentional in their pursuit of emotional, mental, spiritual health, in this way, what would you say is like the starting point or could be a starting point for someone? Mm-hmm. The simplest is to uh, start naming your emotions and paying attention to your body and, and naming those sensations uh, as emotions. Uh, you can get, you can just find a bunch of emotion wheels online, like Google emotion wheel, and you'll see it helps you get more granularity in naming your emotions or get like those emotion cards I mentioned, or there's a free app called How We Feel that helps you track your emotions and label them. Uh, that's the, the first step is just noticing and naming your emotions and just getting more comfortable letting them exist in your body. The next step is to start, I think, reading and exploring. If you're ready for a book, a really good one is called The Wisdom of Your Heart by Mark Allen Shelsky. And it's 
um, it's just a really gentle approach to a healthy Christian emotional life. And it's, it's an easy read. And so that's a good starting point for people. And it really shows the connection between our emotional health and the rest of our lives. That's so good. This has been such a good conversation. And I think so helpful for our listeners just to hear more conversation around this topic and how it relates to us and our kids and in our family lives. And as we're all pursuing kind of, you know, turning the tables on what Christian culture has given us, what we've been raised in and what God's doing right now in the church. So thank you so much for being with us and sharing your wisdom and your expertise. And I can't wait to see where this PhD study takes you. And we can't wait to hear about your book when it comes out. And I love and respect that. Oh gosh, I just used the words love and respect. I love (laughs) it. I was not endorsing that book. (laughs) I I have respect and I love (laughs) that you are pursuing all the things God has put in front of you while being a mom to all these kids. And you're just such an example to all of us of what it means to fulfill all the things God has called you to without, you know, forsaking one for the other. So thank you so much for being with us. All right, everyone, we will see you next time. Bye. Hey, everyone, guess what? We are hosting a conference. Join us June 10th for the Awaken Women's Conference in St. Joseph, Michigan. It's a one-day event to equip you and inspire you into having more impact and hearing from God for your life. Register right now at tinyurl.com forward slash Awaken Women and join Liz and I in St. Joseph, Michigan. To get our free heart-centered homeschooling ebook or to book a breakthrough call about homeschooling or business with Sarah, visit the links in the description of this podcast. Also, we always want to hear your questions or ideas for new podcasts, so do please slide into our DMs on Instagram or post in our Facebook group. We would love to hear from you.